Thank you guys so much for being here in the beautiful weather that we have outside. All right. It's awesome. You guys, you guys, you never know in the south when it's a little cold and rainy outside and football's on. You just never, you never know how that's going to be. So I'm glad to see a packed house this morning. Uh, we're starting off uh, this, this year in a series that I can only call. The only thing I, thing I felt drawn to call was just trust 2019, just the idea of trusting in God and building our lives and our relationships and our friendships and our jobs and our careers and our purposes just around our relationship with Jesus and God. And it all started with verse 3, Psalms 37, verse 3, last year, uh, last year, last week. Uh, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on faithfulness. And we're moving right on to verse four. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, this scripture, this is, this is one of those shady scriptures and it's a dangerous scripture uh, because of the way that we take it a lot of times and the, the popularity of it. This is one of the most popular scriptures in the world, one of the most well-known. And there's a lot of people that know it, quote it, and they don't even realize that it's, it's in the Bible. They don't even realize that it's, a, that it's a scripture. There's a lot of very famous people, a lot of uh, powerful leaders, a lot of other religions uh, uh, that, that will take this and, and kind of form it. Uh, even Oprah, twice on national TV in front of millions and millions of people when asked what her favorite scripture was. This was her answer. Uh, President Obama used it uh, once. I think President Bush used it once in a speech uh, too. This is one that we, we know and we quote and we believe. And the reason why, although I, I do have to say that I, I disagree heavily with how it's portrayed sometimes, but it's, it's well known. And, and the reason why it, it, it gravitates to the human heart, the human mind, the human soul is because this is the closest uh, that we get to that genie in a bottle mentality that if we're honest with ourselves, we crave and we wish was just, just simple and true. And what I mean by that is we wish and we hope, and even some of us actually believe uh, that God is a genie in a bottle. Uh, and if you, I can't help but almost sing the Christina Aguilera lyrics right there, but if you rub the bottle or the genie that God will come out and give you the desires of your heart and just give you everything you ever wanted and you ever need. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing. Here's the reality of it. What makes it so, so scary, so difficult, so dangerous even at times in our lives is because the reality and the truth of the scripture isn't far off from that reality. And then there's people that, you know, that, that try to change what it says and change what it means and, and do different things that go to the other extreme. Uh, but the reality of it is, is it says what it says. And in, and in many ways, it, it is very close to that reality. And so it, it's a sticky scripture uh, for what we do. But it, it's easy to preach as long as you don't preach it accurately. It's easy to preach. You can get people excited about that. I mean, wouldn't you guys want to hear a message? Rock up here. And I was just like, delight yourself in the Lord, whatever abstract thing that means. And he'll give you everything that you ever wanted. Everybody's like, sign me up for that program, right? But I don't, I don't want you to forget something about this verse, something about this chapter, something about these scriptures. This is coming from King David, and this isn't a young man writing this. This is an old man. Verse 25 of this chapter, 37, 25, he says, I was once young, now I'm old. This is a, he's at the end of his life. He, he knows what's up. He's, he's walked through. These aren't untested theories. 
Uh, these aren't untested ideas, untested philosophies. This is for David. These is I've, I've lived my life a long time. I've been through hills and valleys, mountains, uh, uh, in the depths of the oceans. I've tasted defeat. I've had great victory. I've been homeless and I've lived in palaces. I've sat on the ground in caves and in prison, and I've sat on the throne and ruled. I, 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 I've fought and I've been a great warrior and I've been a poor shepherd. I, I've done just about everything and anything, and I've lived through the highs and the lows of life. And I get all the way through here, and he goes, "This is the thing that I want you to know. This is the thing." that I want you to, to, to live your life and count your life and, and add to you, trust in the Lord, uh, 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 do good, dwell in the land, feed on faithfulness. And then he says, delight yourself in the Lord and, and let God and allow God and God himself will give you the desires of the petitions of your heart. So David is saying there is, there's deep reality in this and that of all things that you could delight in, delight in the Lord. That's what I want to talk to you about today, the things that you delight in. What do you delight in? And do we understand the power, the stranglehold, that whatever the thing that we delight in has over us? Do we understand the, the vital importance of knowing, being honest with ourselves and knowing what we delight in, being open and being honest about that? It's a very, very important thing, and David highlights it for a reason. Delighting in the Lord, delighting in anything and whatever, it's a verb. It's an action. For those of you who didn't make it through first grade English, don't know what a verb is. A verb is an action. It's something that you do. It's, it's, something, it's, it's not something that you just allow to happen or something that just happens to you. It's something that you consciously or sometimes subconsciously do. Uh, uh, you, you delight. You make a decision or you, you at some season of your life or, or some day or some moment, you, you make a decision and it's something that you do and you delight in the Lord. And, and the, the, before you can really get to the depth of the understanding of the word delight, you have to understand what it really means. What it really means is soft to be soft or to be delicate. One word is dainty, although for some reason I feel weird saying the word dainty and I really don't know why, but I just do. But it's the concept of just being soft before something open or delicate before something or dainty before something. Imagine, if you will, like putty in your hands. Like it's, it's, it's pliable, it's formable. And if you have putty in your hands, that, 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 that the putty itself is being controlled or manipulated or, or overpowered by the hands themselves. And so for, in order for you to be delighting in something or soft to something or delicate to something, you're open to something, you're, you're, you're making yourself soft. There's a sense of trust there, a sense of humility in some ways. And you're, you're kind of giving a piece of who you are, a piece of yourself over to something or someone or some idea uh, with the hopes, literally the hope that this thing will be able to bring you a sense of peace or a sense of joy or a sense of comfort uh, or a sense of happiness or give you the desires of your heart or the petitions of your heart or the things that you want the most. It's the opposite of like a hardened heart. When you have a hardened heart or you have a hardened inner self, you, it's like you put up walls against certain things or certain ideas or certain people. Uh, you, 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 you build up walls, you put distances, even though you may be in the room with them, you don't let them inside. Even though you may hear certain ideas, you, you, you harden your heart, you harden your mind, uh, you become just like a still trap and you, you don't allow things to get inside. This word delicate, uh, this word uh, delight and soft and delicate and dainty, it's the opposite of that. It's you softening yourself up uh, and giving a part of who you are a very important part of who you are over to something, uh, trusting it and believing and hoping that this thing will be able to deliver uh, the, the comfort or the peace that you seek. And this is also, 
why this is difficult to preach. This is why I've kind of struggled this week because if, in most things you can come up with a singular word to describe it. To delight in something, you, 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 you should or you could or you would hope that you would be able to just to say pleasure or joy or hope or, 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 or happiness or, or peace. Uh, that, that there's a singular word that would describe it. And I think joy is very accurate. Peace is very accurate. Happiness is, is very accurate. Uh, uh, but, but there's really not. It's not like a singular word. It's just this, this idea of peace or this idea of joy. But I, I want, the best way to be able to describe it is think about the last time that you got the thing that you wanted, the thing that you hoped for, the thing that you cherished, the thing that you worked for, the, the job, the promotion, uh, the girl that you stalked for a year and she finally said yes to you. Okay. I meant followed on social media and accidentally ran into at the store, right? You know, think about the last time that you actually got the thing that you wanted and that euphoria or that sense of that sense of peace or that sense of fulfillment, even if it was only for five minutes or a week or a month or a year or an entire season of your life, that euphoria, that sense of completeness, that sense of peace, that joy, that, 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 that happiness, whatever words you want to use, whatever words you want to say, that pleasure, that, that while that was there, that's the thing that I'm talking about. That emotion, it's hard to describe sometimes and it's hard to put a singular word on it, but everybody knows what we're talking about and everybody knows the negative side too. It's just as difficult to put a word on it because when it's not there, when you, when you don't have it, you say, well, I'm, I'm lacking peace or I'm stressed or I'm having anxiety and some people get sad. Some people don't, personality types are different in the way things, some people get sad. I don't really get sad. I usually just get angry and frustrated. That's just me. When, when I lack that peace, uh, I very rarely just sit around and, and, and have a melancholy day. I'm usually just, I'm frustrated. All right, I, w- I, wanna, I wanna hit things. Like I, I, I want to yell. That's what I wanna do. I'm a, I'm, that's just my personality. I don't really get sad often. I don't want to go sit in a dark room. I want to get a baseball bat and, and go find a brick wall somewhere and just beat it till one of us loses. That's, just, that's how I handle those moments. Somebody's like, he needs some counseling. <laughs> so it's different. So it's difficult to say things because if you hear joy, a lot of times you think the negativity is like sadness or, or emptiness or depression of some sort or something like that or peace. And the opposite of peace is anxiety or stress. And even those things are hard to really describe because they're different for everybody, uh, each individual. So it's difficult. But the idea is the, the concept that we know, we know when we have it and we know when we don't. That's the reality. And although it's difficult, you can put whatever word you want to it, joy, peace, whatever, uh, but we know when it's there and we know when it's not. And, and what David is saying, he goes, you want, I want you to be uh, delighting in the Lord, not in anything else. And this is coming from a place because David has lived a very long life with crazy ups and downs and epic victories and epic defeats. And he's been places and he's seen and he knows at the end of his life, he knows there is a billion, million, zillion things that you could delight in. But there is none greater than the Lord. That's his message in verse 4. So it's important what we delight in. And so that's the question. What do you delight in? What do you delight? This year, 2019, what do you delight in? What, 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 have, you, what have you opened yourself up to? What have, what have you uh, softened your heart? What have you given a piece of yourself? The only thing I could come up with, and it's not cool, and I hesitate to say it, but it's the only way that I could come up with, because I'm not that creative sometimes, is happiness hooks. It's stupid, I know. 
But that soften yourself up, it's to take a, this thing, a part of you, and you go up and you, you take your happiness hooks and you put it in something or in someone or in some idea or in some image, and you put it in there, and, and you're trusting and you're hoping and you're believing that that thing is going to give me a sense of peace or a sense of joy or a sense of happiness, and you're softening yourself up and you're putting your happiness hooks in something different. That, that, that's what we're talking about. What, what are you softening yourself up to? What have, you, what have you given yourself over to? What are you cherishing? What are you hoping for? What are you, what are you delighting in? Who are you delighting? What are you delighting? That's the question. And I went around this week and I asked the staff, I just, sometimes I like to ruin their day. And I just, I went and found them and I was like, you know what? In the first way, and the reason why the wording is so important, because the first word that was really heavy in me is pleasure, uh, because the, the word that this actually uses, it, the, one of the, the root words of it is Eden. And Eden means a place of pleasure. It's like the garden of Eden. And so the first, my first language I was using the last few weeks uh, in my own heart, in my mind, and in my writing, and my talking and discussions with people has been pleasure. And so uh, this backfired immediately the first time I put it out in public use, because I walked the tailor this week while he was working on the stage in the youth room. And I went and I said, hey man, I just need to know. I just really want to know what gives you pleasure. What pleasures you? <laughs> he just looked at me and he was like, are you, do you really want me to answer that question? And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Back up, back up, back up, back up. Back up. We'll switch to joy really fast because pleasure could go a whole list of ways. So I was like, what gives you joy? What gives you joy? And, and he, you know, he lied for a minute. He was like, God and family and stuff like that. And, and like we all do. Like, and here's the thing. And this is the, this is the difficulty of it because that's the thing that we want. It's very difficult because I did the same thing. And just about everybody I asked, that was the, you know, in their first couple responses, you know, were the, the things that we wish that it really was. The thing that we're a lot of times deceived into believing that it is. And what I found very quickly in my own life, and as I was talking to the staff, that, that it's, it's actually pretty difficult to get to the thing that really gives you joy, the thing that really gives you peace, the thing that you really put your happiness hooks in, or the thing that you've really softened up to. If you ask it, or you think about it, or you consider it in a positive sense, it's difficult to really see it. And even if you can get past yourself and actually see the truth in a lot of ways, it's even more difficult to say it out loud. It's, it's difficult to see it, and it's, it's difficult to say it out loud. It's difficult to, to look somebody else in the eye and go, you know what, just really gives me a lot of joy and a lot of pleasure and a lot, uh, uh, a lot of peace and just makes me have that euphoria, that moment, that season, is when people worship the ground that I walk on. That's difficult to say. You know, it gives me the most, the most, just that pleasure, just sends dopamine. It's chemical in your body. It gives you pleasure. All right, you know what I'm talking about. Think about the thing that gives you the most pleasure. Not too hard. Don't think about it too hard, but just think about it. That feeling right after that, that's dopamine. That thing that rushes through you, that gets, when, when you get it, what, what, what sets you off? It's, it's hard to go, the money in my bank account. When it goes up, I get it. And it gives me a sense of peace and goodness and everything's right in the world. When I get the promotion I'm working for, when I get the, the career, when I, when I get the thing that I've longed for, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I have a sense of accomplishment in me, and I want to get these things done, and I want to accomplish this, and I'm productive, and I'm going to get this. And when I get this, everything is right in the world, and when I don't, everything is destroyed. It's hard to say that. It's hard to go, you know what? I've built up of, out of pride and insecurity uh, in my childhood. Maybe I've built up this perfect image of, of, of who I want to be and what I think that I really am. Sometimes I'm actually deceived into thinking that I'm perfect, and I have this image of perfection up here. And as long as nobody messes with that image of perfection, I'm golden. But if somebody takes a swing at it, it devastates me. Nobody, nobody, it's hard to say that. It's hard to go, yeah, the happiness of my life is dictated on the amount of likes I get on my Facebook and my Instagram posts. But it is. 
for so many of us. It's hard to go, you know, as, as long as people like me at the job, as long as people don't have any issues with me, as long as people, you know, think this about me, then I, I'm, I'm good to go. It's hard, it's hard to see those things in us, and it's even harder to say it. But the way that you can be the most honest with yourself and the way that you can recognize it the easiest is if you do the reverse and you ask the negative part of it and you say, hey, not what gives you joy, but what steals your joy? What puts you in that moment of sadness or that moment of depression or that moment of stress or that moment of anxiety or takes away that peace? What, what, what sends you over the edge? What makes you want to take a bat to a wall? What makes you get angry? What, what sends you into a fit of rage? What, what takes away that, that, that joy? What, 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 what ruins your drive home? What ruins your afternoon? What ruins your morning? What, ruin, what is it? Even if it's a moment or it's a day or it's a week or it's a season or it's an entire lifetime, what is it that takes that thing away? away from you. When you start asking it like that and you have just the slightest bit of humility and the slightest bit of honesty, very quickly you can begin to really see the things that you actually have softened your heart up to, that you've actually put your hooks into that are connected to that deep side of yourself. You can start to see it really easily. And this is the reason I want you to understand why this is so important. And I'm going to be vulnerable with you for just a minute. I'm going to be honest with you just for a second. And I'm going to share a little piece of my life with you just, just for a second. And I, and I want you to understand the power of, of why David is saying this. I want you to understand the power of why it really, really, really matters what your hooks are in and what you've softened up to. I want you to, I want you to really understand this, why this, this matters so much. I have two beautiful, amazing children. Love them with all my heart. Everything they do... Uh, I'm like, just give you an example. If you follow me on social media, you saw it last night. I actually recorded uh, my three-year-old baby girl pushing around a small baby cart in Publix, and it made my night. <laughs> Everybody else was like, that's just a child pushing the baby cart. For me, it was just so much joy in me because I love it, little girl, more than life itself. And I love my little, my little Hudson. I love my buddy. I love my wife. I have a beautiful beautiful wife. And I love these people with all of my heart. I, and I got a nice little house the Lord has blessed me with. I've got cars that drive. Why is everybody laughing about that? <laughs> do, you, do, do people know that I'm driving a minivan around now? Is that why people are laughing? Do you want to know the story of how my wife conned me out of my Pathfinder? Do you want to know that story? Really fast, I'll tell you. She went out of town. She called. She said, oh, no, the van broke down. Uh, you got to get it towed. Got it towed back. Mechanics looked at it for two days. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. Couldn't find anything wrong with it. Said, maybe, you know, it could happen again. It can maybe never happen again. And Courtney's like, I just don't feel safe. You know, with the kids. Don't you love your kids? I'm like, yeah, you're right. Maybe I'll drive the van around. She took the Pathfinder. Smiles, drives off. Three weeks, I've been driving it. Nothing's wrong with it. And it's developed a leak, and with all the rain, it's gotten in, and it smells bad. So not only am I getting in the uncoolest car I've ever been in in my life, now it smells bad. And Courtney's just driving out the path, bye! One of us is smarter than the other one, and it's not me, let me tell you that. So I've got one and a half cars that work well, and got all these things in my life. I've got friends that I love. And I think love me back. Friends that I can trust, I think trust me back. And uh, I've, got, I've got this this thing here that God's doing, I get to be a part of this. I have a purpose in my life, a purpose in my life. I have a calling, God's blessing in so many countless ways. 
I mean, I could just go on, not to mention the context of eternity, that Christ died on a cross for my sins and he took all of my wickedness, all the shame of it all, and he died for my sins, and that I have truly, I have eternity waiting on me. I have no fear of death. Death has no power over me. It has no sting. I know that, that no matter what this life does and what the direction it goes, that as soon as I cross over on the other side of death, that I will be in an immense, crazy peace and joy that I can't, it's indescribable, unthinkable, our human minds can't comprehend, but I know that it's going to be amazing. I mean, I could go on about the amazing things that I have in, in this life, yet, 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 yet. About two weeks ago, I got into a state where I could not enjoy a single second of any of it. Prior to that, this two weeks ago, the last four or five months, I'm just, I'm just being honest, and it, it's, no, it's definitely no, not bragging at all. I mean, it's all God. I've been in a place with the Lord, a place of peace and rest that I have never felt in my life. Just a, a, a place of just confidence in God the last four or five months. Talking just like joy. I'm talking joy like I've never experienced. Peace like I've never experienced. Just, just a freeness, so much so that everybody that really knows me recognizes it. My wife said something about it. People, the staff said something about it. Terry mentioned it every single day for weeks, which made me very concerned as to who I was before the last four or five months. She's like, you just really seem happy today and at peace. You just, every day, and I'm like, man, I must have been like, what's going on? So I've just been in this season of amazingness, really just peace, just great. Enjoying every, every little thing, every little thing. Sipping coffee on my back porch has become like, uh, the, the, I, I can't think of anything popular in the world. Some island somewhere? I don't know. Shout something out there. Fiji. There you go. That's what I was thinking about. Fiji. Like, it's just become, it's just a place of peace. I've got a little upstairs room now where I can, I can pray and I can spend time. I've never really had that before. And I just, it's just this craziness. It's just a place of peace, enjoying all little things in life. But then two weeks ago, just gone, vanished. And, and this is the thing, and I'm going to expose something to you about me. And you're going to laugh at me, and you're going to think I'm ridiculous. Uh, but I'm, I think your stuff is stupid too, okay? So that's how it works. <laughs> All right? What, what, what you're struggling with is so real to you, and everybody else says, that's ridiculous. That's I think the same thing about you, okay? So just know that it's even. But this is me. Everybody struggles with different stuff, but this is me. This is who I am as a person. Like I, I have this weird thing about accomplishment or productivity, or efficiency, or getting things done. Like I have always been like that. It's the, it's the same concept of winning, like in sports, except it's in life, and I want to do it. And listen, I, I want to be. I want you to understand. It, it, I, 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 there is something. It's like doing drugs to me. At the end of the day, if I can pull up my to do list and just mark every little line, like, yeah, <laughs> mm, yeah, that's good. <laughs> just like I'm telling you. It, I'm, it's just a thing for me. It's just how it's always been. I'm a planner. Uh, I, you may not believe this, but asking anybody that works with me, I stay organized like you would not believe, more partly because if, if I'm not like crazy, crazy hyper-organized, then I just kind of float off the other direction. So, but I just stay this way, and, and I'm, I'm a planner. I plan uh, weeks, months, sometimes even years in advance and ahead, and, 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 I, and I work very hard, especially in the fall, because it's when we do all our strategic planning for the church. And I know that you guys think that like little elves come in here and run this thing during the week, 
while the pastor's off playing golf. I'm horrible at golf, I might add, but that's not true. I'm here like 97 hours a week, all right? And we all our staff work super hard and all the planning goes in and we're aligning everything and we're aligning all the budget and the business side of everything. Uh, I run all that stuff. I get all the calendars, get make sure everything's in line. We're bought, buying the land and we're, we're starting to lay the groundwork for the building project, which is a lot of news is coming very soon. It's really awesome. Get super excited about that. And so we got all this crazy stuff and, 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 and we had all this stuff planned out and I knew that we'd get past Christmas in the first week or two weeks, we're going to be so vital uh, to accomplishing a lot of our first quarter goals and to getting stuff out. And I know this stuff means nothing to you. And I told you this is my thing, not yours. So it's okay. But I'm just, I'm going through all this stuff. And then day one rolls around and literally out of nowhere, there were two or three little conversations I had and, and, and very quickly, and it was no one person. It was everybody on my staff. All right. Just want to throw everybody under the bus for a second. Nothing was getting done. There was some miscommunications. Uh, there was some what I would want to lovingly call laziness. All right, there was some. There were people that turned stuff in and then changed stuff and didn't change stuff. And then there was projects that were supposed to be accomplished before then, way before then, that didn't get accomplished. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. I have the best staff in the entire world. I just want to throw that out here. Absolutely, would die for any of these people. They are amazing. But during this four-day period, they were on the struggle bus just a little bit. Just a little bit. And I believe that it was, I truthfully standing here today, I know now that it was God putting me through this to reveal something about me uh, so that I could be changed and be formed and also give you so I could preach this message with more reality. And, and all, basically at the end of the day, now I wish I could say it, all of that meant something greater than it really does. But at the end of the day, we were going to be about a week and a half behind. That's it. But I lost my ever loving mind because I'd worked for two months planning, laid everything out, came in on New Year's Day, came in on New Year's Day, got everything wrapped up, was going to get the office ready, going to get all this stuff doing, and I couldn't do anything, and, was gonna, and I started, and I was frustrated. I mean, frustrated. It grew into anger. Now, I never yelled at anybody. Terry was in here in the first one, and I made her admit that I never yelled at anybody, but you knew that I was in a bad place, because this is what Terry does. If you ever want to know what kind of mood I'm in, this is how Terry is the entire week. Hey, Jordan. Hey, you're so cute. I'm just going to go get some food, and I just want to know if you wanted me to get you. <laughs> and when everything's good, she always leaves the door open. But when everything's not good, she's like, okay. <laughs> All right, I'm telling you. And I, and, and I was just, but it was, and here's the thing I want you to realize. This, but this, this is when it really hit me hard. So getting back to my kids, I get home. And one of the things that just mean the world to me is just that when I get home to bedtime with the kids, like just, it's just a thing for me. It's just, it's just a blessing. And they dance. They can't dance at all, but they love it. <laughs> they turn on this. They have, they want to do dance parties like eight to 10 times a day. And they turn on all kinds of stuff from hardcore gangster Christian rap uh, <laughs> to, you know, rock, just about anything but country. And I know everybody loves country. I get that. I know, but I don't. So we just, I'm not raising my kids in sin like that. So like we, we're just going to matchbox, matchbox twenties on, you know, good Christian music like that. And like everything else, you know, just, and they dance and everything. And, and little Hudson, no matter what's on there, no matter what's on there, as soon as he hears any kind of beat or any kind of music, he just stops wherever he is and goes. And it just makes your heart die inside. Aubrey doesn't matter. It hardcore gangster rap or rock and roll, or, or worship music, and she's doing ballet, no matter what it is. 
I had made myself some sushi, which I really enjoyed. And I was sitting in my little bar and at the house, and, and, and the kids were right there, and the dance was on, accordions, and they were dancing with them. And normally, this is like my haven, my Fiji. But I was so messed up inside, I couldn't even enjoy it. I couldn't get my mind off of it. I was frustrated. I was trying to fake it. Oh, I was trying to fake it. And I was like, yeah, you're so cute. Inside, I was like, so One of the first times since they were born, I was like, when is bedtime? When is bedtime? When is bedtime? I loved, one of the things I love the most is just going to the store with Aubrey because just everything she does is so cute and I just love making little things and adventure with her. And I, I remember one day I had to run to the store and she said, can I go? And I said, no. Because I was like, I just don't, I can't, I'm tense, I'm frustrated. I just don't want to deal. I just want to go and I want to get it. Sent them to bed early, two nights in a row which didn't go over well with Hudson. He freaked out for like 30 minutes. And, I, and then it hit me that night, about two o'clock in the morning, when I still wanted to rip my soul out, that something was severely wrong inside. I mean, this is real. I'm not over, ask anybody. This is not an over-exaggeration pastor story. Ask any of my, is any staff in the room right now? Raise your hand if everything I'm just saying is accurate. Raise your hand high so they can see you. Okay. <laughs> She's like, okay, I'm doing it. Are you still in that mood? I don't know what to do. <laughs> Ask Courtney. Now, the, the, when I get like that, they kinda, they, they're respectful and they just kind of, Courtney, she's like, what's wrong with you? Let's go. Like, what, like. And I, so I just, you know, I knew. And, 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 it, and I do believe, I believe the Lord put me through that couple days of hell so that I could teach. I really do believe it. But the reality, this is what the Lord exposed to me, that as far as I've come with the Lord and as much as I've grown in the Lord and as much as I was even in a season of crazy peace and, and rest in the Lord and just trusted him and wholeheartedly with these big things, that there was, there was a part of me that I transitioned somehow, some way at some point, and I, I put my little happiness hooks, I softened myself up to this age-old idol of my heart. When I was a kid, it was winning. Now it's still winning. It's just the to-do list or the accomplishment. And this is the thing that I want you to understand. I want you to think about that little thing in your life for you. And you've got one, you liars. You know you have one. It's that little thing. That, and, I, and I want you to think, this is how you know that you have a heart issue. This is how you know this is what needs to convict you. This is what you need to know is because, because like me at different seasons of your life, you have so many good things. We just don't see it all the time. But like me, I mean, I had, I had my kids, my beautiful kids, my wife, the house, the church, all the great things that God is doing. Yet I had this, this little thing over here. Still the ability for me to enjoy any of it for about five days. Do you hear what I'm saying? The reason that you, I need you to think for a minute, I need you to let the Holy Spirit bring some honesty into your heart. The reason that, that, that you don't see this a lot of times, and I need you to recognize the last time that, that you have a relationship and that you have good things and that you have blessings and that you have eternity to look forward to and you have Jesus and the sacrifice he's done for you and you have wives and you have husbands and you have kids and you have a future and you have hope and you have so many things in your life, but somebody cut you off in traffic and it ruined your whole morning. Your boss was just a little bit more of a control freak than normal and it ruined you. You didn't get the little promotion or you didn't get the raise or you didn't get the thing and, you, and, it come, and it stole your ability to enjoy the actual good things in your life. It's that little thing over here 
That's the thing that owns you and you don't even know it. That's the thing that actually owns and controls your relationships. It owns and controls your purpose and your jobs and your career. It, own, it owns every, whatever little thing. And it could be a multiple of things. It could be several different things. Whatever it is, that thing over here, that's the thing that actually owns you and controls you because it can steal your ability to enjoy all of God and all of the things that God has given you and all of the blessings in your life because you're letting what somebody thought ruin the people that are actually in your life. You're, you're letting what somebody did over here ruin the reality of what God is doing over here. I'm telling you, I, 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 you know this is true. You post something on Facebook and there's a thousand likes and there's a thousand good comments and there's one negative comment and you, it ruins you. Or well, last week you got a hundred likes and this week you only got 50 likes and it ruins you. Last week, everybody in the office thought you were the greatest thing since sliced bread, and now they all have issues with you, and it just ruins you. You hear what I'm saying to you? David, David the, the beauty of David is he's found himself in these places of highs and lows. And from the time he was a child all the way to the time of his death, he found himself where the external circumstances at many seasons of his life were very difficult. They were very difficult very difficult, very many negative things where he was being chased, he was being rejected, he was trying to be killed, they were being betrayed, he was being betrayed by best friends, uh, uh, he, was, he was facing all kinds of stuff, just crazy stuff, and in the Psalms you can see all of these different places, but the thing about David, I want you to understand, is that there were times when the external circumstances looked almost identical, he was surrounded, there were enemies, people were betraying him, he couldn't trust anybody, he was alone. The external circumstances looked identical, but his internal self, which we can see in the Psalms, were very, very, very different. There was one season of his life where he surrounded people are coming after him, but you can, there was a sense of joy, a sense of peace, a sense of fullness and a confidence and a rest in the Lord. And so he would write in these times like Psalms and he's like, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I'm surrounded by enemies, even though I'm being betrayed by my friends, even though there's nobody that I can trust, even though I'm living in a cave, even though everything externally is horrible, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He leaves me beside still waters. He puts me in, in a pasture of, of, of greenness and I can feed off of his faithfulness. And you know what? He even sets a table before my enemies. So all my enemies come to my table and God feeds me. And I'm, 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 I, it's amazing. It's awesome. It's great. I know that there's victory in the Lord. There's so much confidence. So much peace. So much joy. In those external circumstances. And then you go to other seasons of his life. When outside things look exactly the same, but internally he's devastated. And this isn't the message, but this is a powerful point that you need to understand. The external circumstances have absolutely no power over you. The thing that has the power over you is what's going on inside of you. And what was going on inside of David was different. And he was almost confused by it because he started, it was a 42, Psalms 42 and Psalms 43. He asked himself this question five times. Same question, almost the same exact language all the way through. He goes, why are you, Psalms 43, 5, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? Now put your hope in God, yet I will praise my Savior and my King. So I want you to understand that his, his external circumstances are almost identical, 
But he is in a place of turmoil. If you read the rest of these Psalms, he is in a place of devastation. He is lacking peace. He has uh, anxiousness. There is, uh, and one of the ones right before this, it says that I, my lips grew silent, but my bones grew even more rage. Like there was, there was just deep angst in him. And he's confused almost. He's asking this question, why are you downcast? Now, I know some of your translations say, why are you in despair? It's not what it means at all. It literally means downcast. Every other time this word is translated in the Bible, it means to be bowed down or to be cast down. The second part is what's going on, the disturbed part. Why are you disturbed within me? Why are you disquieted? Why are you anxious? Why are you angry? Why are you frustrated? Why are you sad? Why are you things not right within you? He's talking to himself, his inner man, his inner self, his soul. And what he's really asking, why are you cast down? What he's really asking is what, what has cast you down? What has humbled you? What has made you bow down? What has forced you down? The questions he's asking is, is what are you bowing down to that is overpowering you and causing this discomfort in you? Does that make sense? He's asking the question. He's like, what, what have I given myself to? What have I become soft and delicate to? What am I delighting in? What, what is controlling my inner self? What, is, what has hooks in my emotions? What is going on in my life? I've been here before. I've been surrounded before. I've been betrayed before. The external circumstances have been the same before, but I had joy and I had peace in the Lord. What is different now? And this is the reality that I believe this is the conversation that I think that you need and I need and we all need to have with the Lord anytime. Hear me. Hear me. Anytime we lack peace, we need to have this conversation with the Lord like David did. Anytime we have a, 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 even just one frustrating day where we lack peace, one, one day, one day, and, and, and when we do it, we need to ask ourselves, what? Why are you my soul, oh my soul, my inner man, my inner woman, my inner self? What has so much control and power over you that it's forcing you down into a state of disturbance and disquiet and despair? Because that thing is the thing that owns you. That thing is the thing that you delight in. And it's not the Lord, and it's not your kids, and it's not your spouse, and it's not Jesus, and it's not all the things you wish it was. That's the thing that you hope in. That's the thing that you've, you've put your, and that's how you know David knows because his next thing is put your hope in the Lord because he recognized in his own life right now it's not. As dumb as it may sound, two weeks ago my hope wasn't in the Lord or in the power or in the spirit or in his truth or in his knowledge or in his sovereignty or in his love or in his mercy or in his grace. It was in my own ability to get things done. And when that was taken from me, it devastated me. And you have these things in your life as well. And as long as you ignore them, and as long as you allow the hooks of your life to be in them, as long as you're soft and you're open to Him, this is what you're saying. I need you to hear the reality of what you're saying. What you're saying is my hope, my joy, my peace, my happiness is in the hands of strangers on social media I don't even know. My hope, my happiness, my hand, it's, it's in my boss, it's in my bank account, it's in my own pride, my own self-love, my own self-worship. It's in these images of success and perfection that we set up for ourselves. It's in the ability of people thinking I'm the smartest guy in the room, I'm the smartest woman in the room. It, it, it's I'm the most powerful, I'm the most strong. It's in what people think about us, it's in what we accomplish and what we do. 
It's in people thinking that you're awesome, simply just believing in you. There's a, there's a list of things that it could be. But if you find yourself in a day or in a moment or in a season, especially if it's become a season, if it's become that long, where you're stressed and you're just anxious and there is no peace and there's frustration and there's sadness and there's anger, then you need to get where David got and cry out. Why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul. Why are you disturbed within me? And find out what really controls you. Find out what really dictates the relationship with your spouse. Find out what really dictates the relationship with your kids. Find out what really dictates your happiness and your joy and your peace. And at the end of it all, David said, there is nothing in this life that you can delight in greater than the Lord himself. And the thing that you need to do today in those moments is the last sentence in that Psalm 43, 5, where he says, put your hope, commands himself, put your hope in the Lord. And then he does something. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him, my Savior and my King. Despite the way I feel inside, despite my emotions, despite my angst, despite my anxiousness, despite my failures, despite what's going on around me, whether I'm in a cave or I'm in a throne or if I'm in a mountain or if I'm in a valley, if I'm in a battle or if I'm in a place of peace, no matter what it is going on around me and even how I feel in this moment, I believe and I know that God is the King of Kings, that He's my Creator and my Savior and I'm going to praise Him and I'm going to worship Him and I'm going to put my hope in Him and I'm going to trust Him and I'm going to learn to delight in Him. Every single time you have a season of frustration, a day of frustration, and you lack peace this year, I don't care if it's because somebody cut you off. I don't care how stupid it may sound. Did you hear how stupid what I said sounded? We're a week and a half behind, and I couldn't enjoy my relationship with my kids. But I guarantee you, if you will humble yourself just a little bit and be honest with yourself just a little bit, you have something just as worthless dictating your joy and your happiness in your life. And in those moments, recognize it and worship God and praise Him for all the things that you do have. Put your hope in Him. Get up out of the hole you're in and move forward in the joy and the peace and the presence of the God that created you and the God that saved you. Your external circumstances do not dictate your internal feelings or emotions. The only thing outside of you that can affect you are the things that you've given power to. Do you hear what I'm telling you? You can't complain about your boss. He has power over you because you gave it to him. You can't complain about the man or the woman that broke your heart. They broke your heart because you gave them your heart. You can't complain about the friends that you gave yourself to. You can't complain about the things outside of you because you opened yourself up and chose to give yourself to them. You handed over the power of your joy to them. And they crushed it as everything in this earth will do. And that's why David said, open yourself up and delight in the Lord and the Lord alone and allow Him to give you the desires of your heart if you guys will stay.